It's 8 a.m. It's Saturday. Must be time for the Cummins Real Estate Group show. Once again, it's a Saturday morning, and it's time for the Cummins Real Estate Group show with Michelle 1L Cummins and myself, Curtis Bolt. Michelle, how are you doing? Hello. Very good. Thank you. Good morning. A good morning to you. Now, this week, we're going to skip the hot topic. We're going to skip the uh, other segments that we sometimes do because we want to get right to our topic and our guests. So, uh, well, let's get one of those famous Michelle Cummins introductions. Well, here we go. Ron Hine is here of Coast Mountain Earth Sciences, and you may ask, what is that? Well, if you have a septic or know anything about on-site sewage systems, you want to hear from Ron. He is the number one guy for this. He's helped me with uh, my septic systems and my clients. And uh, Ron, thank you for coming, by the way. Thank you very much for having me. And our listeners, I know, as I want to know so much about this, is a very interesting topic. Oh, everybody wants this topic, I know. (laughs) And I'm going to have to behave this episode. I know it, but I will, I'll, I'll try to be good, Michelle. Keep you down. <laughs> so, Ron, I like what you had to say on your website. You say, what do you mean? Old doesn't mean bad and new doesn't mean good? Well, that's a great one. And the reason is, there is a misconception that somehow if you've got an older septic system, you got to get a new one just because it's old. There's concepts that after 25 years, maybe even 15 years, it depends on who you talk to, you just have to change them. And I'm going, well, why? It's an infrastructure, but when they're designed, they can have lifespans that will be about the same as a house or even lasting longer. So if you're not getting 50, 75, even towards 100 years out of the system, I'm going to ask you some questions. Well, why? And it probably comes down to things that might be related to usage a lack of understanding how to get the best out of the system, how to understand what it was really designed for, and look for any other issues that can get you back on track. I mean, if your car didn't start tomorrow, would you go out and buy a new car? Or She's a want... bad example for that one. She would. Oh, we, we, we I think, talked about something yeah, in the she, background before this. She has a lot of cars. Any excuse to buy a new car? Yeah. So, give it to me. <laughs> not the best example, but I know what you're saying. Then we'll move on from that topic, only because if you want your new car, go for it. But if you don't have that kind of cash in the bank and you're kind of going, well, what can I do? There's lots of options. It doesn't mean that every one of them can be saved, but there can be a high percentage of them that are malfunctioning today but can be turned around with some pretty simple things. Because ignorance isn't bliss when it comes to these systems on Uh, your property. You really want to know what you have and how to maintain it. Well, look at all the other things around your home. Water. When it comes on, you know it comes on. You taste it. It tastes hopefully like water and doesn't leave something else in the back of the mouth at the time. Roof, electrical, siding, windows, all the things around your home, you usually can see pretty quickly. But this is a buried thing. This is in the ground. And unfortunately, it's usually just buried and forgotten. And that becomes the problem. When you forget about things, any kind of infrastructure, you probably don't maintain it. A lot of people don't know what products they shouldn't put down, the uh, like the drains. and So what are some of those products that you should avoid when you have a septic system? Ooh. 
The list is mighty huge, so let's take some of the top ones. Greece is probably our number one enemy. Greece from, I know, uh, some of us like bacon. Some of us like bit. those meaty things. Yeah, I'm a little that, bit of a bacon fan. And we'll be cautious in case there might be uh, others listening today that don't quite share uh, beliefs on that one. So that's fine. That's no problem. But even vegetarians, there can be an oil content in the cooking process much more than other cultures. So cultural issues come to play very quickly. Whether European, Asian, or other parts of the world, you have diets that reflect on how the system can be impacted. So when I think of Greece, it is the most difficult one to take out and often cannot be extracted from the system once it's got a hold of it, literally. Maybe we should back up for a second just to see what are these systems about, just for one second. Most of what we're talking about, for people will think of it as a, a septic tank and some kind of a field-like thing. When we talk about the systems today as sewage on-site kind of concepts. They can include treatment plants, pump chambers, disinfection devices. Man, there's so many things right down to, you think it's a very high-tech system, and they are. But let's go back to very simple things. Even if you just got a septic tank and a simple gravity field, as that grease migrates out into the field, it can clog the soils. And that's something we can't fix. That's replacement time. Mm. So we can only go so far. But if we can capture it sooner than getting out there, we're in good shape. Oil, usually pretty easy to extract and get it back under control. Paper products. Some people have been told, and I get this often, certain brands are better than others. Well, if you're putting toilet paper down, most brands are pretty good. If you're putting paper towels down, now we have a problem. Now, the toilet paper that's colored, is that bad? I don't know. What colors do you like? <laughs> Pink, purple, blue, all the colors of the rainbow. You really? could buy the camping stuff that's quick dissolved, but that phrase alone with toilet paper scares me, so I don't think I would go that route. <laughs> the coloring doesn't usually make much impact at all. The things that will be were are hand wipes, things of materials that are not like a standard toilet paper. Because these paper products are designed for a particular use. And if you take it out of the context of what it was intended for, you probably will have problems happening pretty quick. Whether it congeals in places that uh, create restrictions or causes a backup in the house, you know, there's lots of issues. But those are pretty much the top items. How about bleach? Oh, that's another good one. I think you've been really doing some research here. Mm. Bleach, people will use it usually in the laundry. And the amount that you use may be quite a bit more than you actually need to do for a particular purpose. So let's say, what are we trying to do? Well, since the topic is of a, a bit of a poopy nature, we're going to say that if you're doing laundry, such as the underwear, guess what may be on there? And uh, you know, it's the fact of life, folks. So it is what it is. Kids in particular, not so much into the hygiene side of things. You know, they're learning. But when you've got a concern about some portions of laundry, you can use the clothes washer with a small amount of bleach. Use literally a tenth of what might be suggested elsewhere. Put it on a delayed timer so it fills the tub with water and let it sit there for a couple of hours. And go have a coffee, go have your dinner, and then start the wash cycle. When you give it that contact time, two things happen. Hey, 
It does a great job with disinfecting. And it has the ability to do its job versus it's just put into the wash and then out it goes. It doesn't have the contact time. So you need a lot more bleach. So a little bit of bleach, no big deal. At the end of the day, you get three things from bleach when it breaks down. And it breaks down really quick too. Salt, oxygen, and water. Now I can think of a lot of other disinfectants that are more chemical-based that are going to have a long lifespan, way more detrimental to the system than a little bit of bleach. So don't panic. Don't go crazy. But just think of how to use it in a little bit different way to get the most effect with the least impact. Because the idea is you don't want to uh, break down the good bacteria or the bacteria in the system, correct? That is true. And it will have some impact. But the septic tank, we're just going to pick on that one component instead of all these elaborate other devices for a second. A septic tank is just a dumb garbage can. That's all it is. There's concepts that somehow it's like a a treatment device and you can feed it uh, septic additives, uh, chicken, ground beef, uh, my goodness, eye of newt. I mean, there's all kinds of secret herbs and recipes from around the world. And I literally have talked to people from different parts of the world saying, so what do you understand is the best way to maintain a system? And you don't need to feed it anything other than what you would normally do when you go to the bathroom. That's it. It is a garbage can. And like a garbage can, at some point you've got to take the garbage to the curb. You can't just rely on an additive and expect that never to need pumping out. That'll get you into trouble. I would imagine in, in, in a climate like we have here in this province, because we have various climates, including snow sometimes here and sometimes not, but other parts where it can be a lot colder, the, the environment and the weather must affect septic systems. It can to varying degrees. Now, when and where and how, it varies all over the place. So a system designed here in the lower mainland is going to be a little different in certain characteristics or features than, say, the interior of BC, the Kootenays. Okanagan is very different than, say, Kimberley. Uh, you go north, now we get into more fun. Prolonged cold periods. You start getting up towards Prince George and points northwest or northeast, whole more fun in that regard too. So weather can be an issue, but if the system was properly designed or enhanced after it was built with some key things to keep the heat in, keep the frost from being an impact, you can get away with some pretty good long lifespan without the hiccups, but nothing's bulletproof. No. No, nothing is. Um, We probably should take a commercial break here real quick. But before we do that, uh, Ron, people might want some information uh, about septic systems and and what services you provide. So I'm sure you must have a a website people can check out. And there is a nice simple one. It's called septicscience.ca. Nice and simple. I like that. And Michelle, of course, yours is a little trickier. michellecummins.ca. Michelle with one L, Cummins no G. There we go. We're going to take a quick break. We'll be right back with more. And we are back with segment number two of the Cummins Real Estate Group show. And we are joined here by uh, Ron, who is an expert on septic systems. And I guess uh, my question for you is, um, I'm per- say I'm purchasing a property and it has a septic system. Homeowner says the system's working just A-OK. Why would I bother to have it checked out? Great question, and I guess the first thing that comes to mind is how do they know it's working A-OK? Are they qualified? Have they done anything to actually verify it? And what does that mean? 
What is okay? Yeah, everything's good. I'm leaving this place. Yeah. It's good. You flush a toilet, it doesn't come back so far. Well, maybe. Yeah, so far, so good. <laughs> so it must be okay. Well, okay. It's like I'm going to sell you a old car I got out front. It's got a V12 engine in it. Super. Amazing vehicle. And then you buy it and you say, well, actually, no, it's more like about a, a V6. Where's the rest of it? And it's not really running well, and you didn't listen to it, you didn't have it tested. Basically, you bought sight unseen. Well, that's really trusting, but if you do that, you kind of lose out on a significant item. What have you got? Where is it? What was it actually intended for? And is it able to do that job? Is it functioning properly? And in our profession, we've got certain terminology that we have to use under certain conditions. When we see those conditions, that's how we describe it. You can use these on the air, right? Well, we, I just want to well, make sure. Well, we're going to be cautious because it is a bit of a, t- a poopy topic here today. So, uh, But we can give standard approaches on how to look and assess the functionality of a system. So that if we say, look, it's, it's not working properly. It's malfunctioning is the term. Wow. Is that a failure? No, no. We didn't say fail. In our words, there is no failed septic systems. It's degree of functionality. And even if it's not working, just like the car isn't working, it could be as simple as a battery to make a turnaround. Always have it subject to a septic inspection. That would be great. Any offer on a property. And especially if you can get the time involved to it. And I I know with the speed of the real estate market in the last while, it's a real challenge for people to order up anybody to do an inspection. One of the first things we tend to ask for is paperwork. Paperwork that could be involved from land title, which may be already in in the hands of the realtor. Um, Health records. Awesome. Very, very helpful. Because sometimes buried in there is some little gems of what happened to explain what we see. And sometimes, as in one case, we came across an outstanding order on the property from about five or six years prior. Now, an order just means that a health officer became aware of a condition and responded with his legal document saying, hey, you're the property owner? Well, I see this health hazard, and I'm going to put this thing on you to make it right. And if you don't, we can take it to another levels. So this is why you want to get this paperwork in place, check it out, and make sure there's no other strange things. I'll give you one more example here that happened a few years ago in Fort Langley. Little old house, and there's lots of little old cute houses in Fort Langley, just like there's wherever else in BC, but it's a small old place. And their old system malfunctioned at some point in the past. There was a repair made, and the health officer said, okay, I'm going to allow it. But the septic field was two properties away in an adjoining property. Now, when we were looking at this paperwork, things didn't quite add up. There was a misconnection of the paper. So I had to go and knock on the door of the property, a couple of homes over, and say, hi, that's me, this is what I'm doing. Do you mind if I look at the septic field that's on your property? Because there is a covenant that is registered on title saying there is access permitted to service and maintain that component. So we have the right to go on it, but we have to make sure everybody understands it. Now, the homeowner in that place had no idea what I was talking about, but said, sure, help yourself. I just moved here a couple of months ago myself. I have no idea what you're talking about, but it's over there. That's what the paper says. Go for it. So I'm looking at the area, and it's a section of land 
under a hydro right-of-way still on this property and it is being planted with Christmas trees. Now, they had turned the soil with a rototiller so as I'm winding through these pretty little trees, I'm finding bits and pieces of the plastic pipe from the septic field. Oh, no. (laughs) This is horrible. So, not only do we have a little problem because there's nothing that you can fix in a simple way. I mean, it was literally ripped apart. But it's on a neighboring property, and there is no space on the property that we're talking about for the sale. So now the complexity of parts here, another part's there, repair on another piece of property, and the homeowner on the other one where the field was, that property... Nobody knew about this septic field because nobody looked at the meaning or the information in the land title information. This is a whole bunch of mess. It is a mess, yes. And mess means usually a higher price. When things are simple, you own the land and you've got lots of space and everything is just hunky-dory, usually the cost for replacement can be very low. But when you start adding these complexities onto other properties, now we can get into some pretty serious kind of costs involved. A question that for me now comes to mind is now there is obviously health concerns when you're dealing with matters of septic tanks and things like that. Now, what are some of the, uh, you know, the, the issues people can come down with in, in, in sickness and stuff if things are not treated right or not, uh, you know, set up properly? Have you ever traveled to a, I hate to use the term third world country, but something other than Canada, warm, tropical, somewhere where you required shots because of the health risks? Mm-hmm. You drink water, eat the food, and so on. Well, it's the same with wastewater systems. Wastewater is full of what we call pathogens that are nasty things. Stuff that it can be virus, they can have an impact on your health in so many different ways, and not always quick. It can be slow to progress, and sometimes not. So we consider that the health hazard, and that's set by the Ministry of Health. They define these kinds of conditions as a health hazard. And that's why there's rules with how close it could be to a well or a creek. Exactly. All these things come to play. And then if you've got electrical components, then we have electrical hazard potentials. You've got lids that might be falling apart. Now we've got safety issues when kids might jump on a lid, and there's more than one that you'll see in the news each year. So, Ron, what kind of maintenance schedule do you suggest homeowners of septic systems should use? Like every couple of years, have it inspected? When you get an inspection done at, say, the time of selling a place or buying the place, you start by getting a baseline of what have you got and how is it functioning. And depending on what's found, the schedule for maintenance can then be determined. So some people will be needing more frequent pumping out of the septic tank than others. Some need more attention on the septic field because of certain things that are happening there. So there's various things at play. Treatment plants, certain models have a good performance uh, ability. Other ones seem to have components breaking down very frequently, and they can cost you $1,000, $1,500, $2,000 to keep repairing these components. So every system is unique. They're not cookie cutter. Each one has capabilities and limitations, and each person that's living in that home will use it in a different way than the neighbors or the people down the street. Going back to putting an offer on a property with one of these systems and doing it subject to an inspection, and you go on site and inspect it, the thing that I suggest and put into offers is that 
with that subject, you also say that the sellers will have it pumped out, but after subject removal and before completion date, because sometimes they pump it out right before you show up. Yes. And that's not a good thing, right? Not a good thing. We don't want the thing touched in any way, whether pumping out or disturbed. We just want it as is, because then we can see how it's behaving. When certain things are done, like pumping out a tank, we might find a problem somewhere in the system, but we can't match it back to, uh uh-huh, it's because of this characteristic. And besides, if you pump out the tank, we might have other issues that would require maintenance or other action somewhere else in the system, and you're going to have to get the vacuum truck back again as part of they're going to be here while somebody is going to be doing the restoration of that other component. So why double pay? Don't touch. Leave as is. If you got concerns, look, don't worry. We're not here to uh, come down on people, so to speak. We just want to help everybody understand what it is and how it's working. And for sellers, it's a good idea to have their septic inspected before listing. Is that correct? Way better than having a surprise. Mm -hmm. And we have seen it when time allows that people go and have this work done. They figure out what they've got and they they can make choices. Sometimes it's simple things that can be corrected before the listing even goes through. And in some cases, we've had clients that said, look, in about a year to two years from now, I want to retire and I'm going to sell my home. I know the system is not working properly. And if we just leave it as it is, can we just monitor until the point that we sell the place? And then we disclose you need a new system. So it's deferring to another day and not incurring all the costs right now. Ron, with confidence, uh, I have some clients that, you know, sometimes you have people say, I will never live on a property with a septic system. Never. They're just like, don't even show me. What would you say to that? Don't live in fear, folks. This is not something unique. Around the province, about a quarter of our population has septic systems. And that's about 400,000 homes and businesses and other larger infrastructure there. So, you know, it works. And when the regulation changed in 2005, what was significant about that, it was a reflection that septic systems are not a temporary solution until you get a sewer pipe to your door. This is a long-term, sustainable, and it can be very environmentally friendly. It just needs to be understood and then used accordingly. So don't fear. Don't fear at all. So if people do have fears or questions or anything like that, uh, what was your website address again, Ron, so people can chat with you? Uh, No problem. It is septicscience.ca. All right, Michelle, if people are uh, looking uh, at listings and stuff right now and they want to know more about you and what you do as a real estate agent, what's your address? Always michellecummins.ca.